the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factors ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is just heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and protein plus meals on the venue each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has the all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus quick bites, juices, smoothies, and more satisfying add-ons. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one wool. This is the number one. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time eating well and living your best year ever. Head to factormeals.com slash Whitney60 to use code Whitney6060 to get 60% off your first box. That's code Whitney60 at factormeals.com slash Whitney60 to get 60% off your first box. Sorry about my voice. I lost my voice. Hey, y'all. WC here. Uh, Michael Chiklis came on the podcast to talk about uh, our show. We did a television show called The Accused. It's on Fox uh, coming out January 22nd. Reading people is my job. Do my readers... situation. Court is now in session. Will the defendant please rise? You can tell me. You can tell me the truth. was a very smart girl. You will find her. The only way we get justice is by getting it ourselves. What if he does what I'm afraid of? What my gut tells me that he will do. We're not here today to second guess what he didn't do or should have done. We're here because of what he actually did. Has the jury reached a verdict? have a legal system. The legal system did nothing. This is not my fault. Don't say that. I did what I did because I had to. 
had such an amazing conversation. <laughs> this is the only, this is the second time this has happened in the history of the Good For You pod, where um, I wanted to break it into two parts. This is part one. I want to tell you something about this <laughs> thug that I'm that is in my home. Um, I was able to kind of ascertain, and I think you know this, that you descended. I didn't know you had Spartan ancestry, but he walked out on my deck, and within four minutes, a hawk flew by and like basically landed on his shoulder. Well, landed on the tree above us, yeah. But that was you. <laughs> it didn't land near me. It was, you it was just like my my leader's here. What do you need from me? And then I've I've seen this, but it was when I was alone. It then dove down and to grab something. To grab something. I don't know An if animal. he got it or not, but he or she, I don't know, but I it, think the female hawks hunt, but it, maybe the males too. I, I'm I not know. sure of that. And I'm we'll a bit out. of a bird watcher, but uh Let's find out about that. Yeah. First of all, the great Michael Chiklis is here, everybody. Oh, good Lord. And he needs no introduction, so I'm not going to um, uh, do it, because uh, if you need an introduction, you're lazy. You can Google him. You already know who he is, first of all. You're going, wait, I know, wait, okay, the shield, fantastic, four, what's the, ah, oh, spirited in the, do that on your, I'm not going to take care of your, uh, that. I, it's not my job to babysit the credits you want me to say right now. because Use the Googles. Uh, use, by the way, how about DuckDuckGo? <laughs> I'll do you one better. Because if you use the Googles, the first 12 searches, I couldn't even find your birthday. It was like, you Google someone now and there's like nine, like buy this in progressive insurance. And then- The olden time. You have to scroll. It's like, you know, so go to DuckDuckGo maybe, but also it'll be in the bio. Like there's this thing now where people that are getting free content demand- that you provide the free content the way they want it. And I'm not going to let you youngins, I'm not going to enable you. Wow. I'm going to provide a little adversity. I like that. So, because guess what? At your job, you're not going to be able to go ask your boss, hey, I don't know who this guy is. Can you help me? And they're going to be like, you're fired. So it's a lot of times, younger generation, it's your guys' job to go find the answers before you ask the person who hired you and can fire you. Go figure it out. You How about this? It. Thank me later. I like it. You're going to think I'm a bitch now, but thank me later. Like so now it. they're just going, can you let him talk? Our hero? <laughs> so how did I get so lucky to have you sitting oh across from me? Because well, this is surreal. We finally have something uh, that we have in common. That We've done a show. We finally have something where you're c contractually we obligated to do this. No, no, I'm actually not. I'm not. You I'm know, the, that, no, but really, honestly, I, I'm, I'm only in the pilot episode of this show and I directed a show. And I have no further obligation to this. And really, it, the reason I'm here are twofold. First of all, you. I've been a fan for a long time. And I, you've made us laugh a lot my, in my house. My daughter is a comedy writer, so she adores you. I can't wait brilliant. to meet her when it like makes sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm dying to have her on the podcast, know, and we'll do that when it makes sense. Yeah, just uh, you know, uh, a truly funny woman. And as a woman, as a young woman, my, my daughter really looks up to you and admires you. So which means you so failed as that. a father. I that you let her watch me. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. And and then there's Howard Gordon. And that sort of uh brings us both together. And, and Howard Gordon is the, you know, I think it's interesting because we are maybe for the first time in the in the history of television, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm kind of a, a history of television nerd. Um for the first time it's almost like the showrunners uh, uh, or what you guys might think of as like creators. Um, I tend to like talk to the 
audience because I hate it when people just like say things Absolutely. that are yeah. they are they are almost the bigger celebrities than famous actors sometimes at this point because you're because audiences have been burned like actors I really love I've gone to see them and then they've been in a bad movie but it's not the actor's fault so now it's like sometimes oh, boy do I know that feeling <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so been... then they go why did why did Chickless look why did why was he in that horrible movie or whoever it is why was Whitney in that movie it's like dude I didn't write it. It was good exactly. when I well, signed up for it. Also, this practicality, you know, yeah, I, I love how money. people will say, yeah, that, you know, I'm raising two children, you know, sometimes something pays the bills. Also- And I needed something that shoots in LA. Also, something something that happens a lot with regard to work is, you know, you everything looks good on paper, the, the right people are involved, and then you show up and day one, you realize this is a shit show and shit this show. isn't going to work out. This isn't uh, going to work out for reasons completely had nothing to do with you. And this isn't your fault. And we're not blaming any of the productions you and I have both been on. But a lot of times because. Oh, I am. Okay, good. I, okay, I'm good. blaming Let's some name productions. Names. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm kidding. But... <laughs> uh, jo Josh, probably. Someone named Josh. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like I could guess, the, I could guess half the men's names that, like first names, certainly, that made bad shows that you were on because it's just like they're all the same it's josh it's dave it's it's all these harvard guys <laughs> that think they're smart and they're not and they have uh, trust they don't have any university because they went to harvard and blah, 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 where epstein had an office for 20 years but who cares um and, well, and also some people get ahead of themselves you yeah. know I, I remember doing a a, a movie with a first-time director and he had written a very good script pulled together a, a really good cast and on day one we're standing there and we realize very quickly, oh, this guy's never been on a set, never mind directed anything. I know he's a first timer, but he he doesn't know how to set up a shot. Sure. And that's terrifying when you go like, holy shit, this guy. Which doesn't. then gets tricky because the cinematographer, you know. And then on top of it, they saddled him with a cinematographer who had only done music videos. Oh, well, that's criminal. So that was just bad over bad but a and lot then you just go next door i in the i went next door to the bookstore and bought a ton of books and i sat, sat there, there and read. read books and went you know i'm gonna hit my mark say my words always give 100 percent of myself because mm -hmm. no flies on me but holy shit this is gonna be a nightmare and the thing that gets even more confusing <laughs> when i when i you know because to me i take people's time very seriously as an entertainer you know as a comedian it's like when people come to see you, yeah, they're paying $80, you make them laugh, or, you know, that's for like, a, let's say Vegas or something. But like, they got a babysitter, they got a two drink minimum. By the time you get in, it might be 200 Can, can I turn the tables on you and ask you some questions? I bet because you could physically some... turn no, this no, table but... on top of me. It might be the only way to get me to shut up. Uh, no, but let me let me ask you a couple of questions because I'm interested and I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you got into stand-up. Because mm -hmm. stand-up fascinates me because I did a little bit of it back in the day when I was on the precipice of getting the role of Belushi in, in, in Wired. I thought it was just like a rite of passage as a man in Boston. Well, yeah. Every you know, man I from mean, Boston. I had to. You know, I had to do it. Performed at the Comedy Connection with Narduzzi. Well, I came up through the, through the acting thing. You know, I, I went to Boston University School of Fine Arts there. I started, I helped. Well, I, you know, listen, I was, I was a fly on the wall and a helper as a 14-year-old when uh, a mentor of mine opened an equity theater in Lowell, Massachusetts, Amazing. when I was fourteen years old, that's how I got my equity card, and and that all the the dramatic acting side of it was always sort of my focus and everything. But I loved doing comedy, and I did a lot of 
comedic plays and stuff. As a kid, did you entertain your parents? Yeah, well, that's how it started. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was five years old. There was that show, The Copycats, with Frank Gorshin and Rich Little. So my first imitations were of them imitating people. And was it to get your parents to laugh? Like, did you want well, to- I, your I, I found that I could do it. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I watched them mimicking people and all of a sudden I turned to my huge Greek family and go, hey, I've seen better faces on an iodine <laughs> bottle. And they <laughs> would crack up laughing. And I was like, hey, that little dopamine Can I stop rush. you there? And I don't mean to interrupt. It's sure. just that being able to mimic is such an incredible gift. And I'm not trying to give you, like, be unctuous with you. It's just I'm fascinated because, like, Jimmy Fallon also, I, I it's a muscular thing and an inner ear thing right. because you have to well, be able to hear. Most of us can't, can't hear ourselves, so we can't judge whether our mimicry it matches. It means you can hear them and yourself. Yeah, mimic, mimics have a great ear, but they also understand where, where other people put the sound in their resonators, right? You have different places where, you know, uh, like there's 25 different imitations that are basically centered in the same part in the hard palate. And by that, I mean, whether you're doing Kermit the Frog, Unbelievable. right? But there's like so many different imitations that are in the same area. You know, um, uh, Shooby Dooby, you know, uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is in the very same area. And, and I've heard other mimics say this, you know, you find out wh where in their resonators people make sound. You know, Truman Capote was up front in here. Because I would try um, to use so my, 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 you know, okay, this is going to be more nasal because you know how sound moves through air moves through a person's you know how it moves through their resonators mouth resonators through their mouths but all my imitations are old they're they're from that period because i stopped being a mimic when i fell in love with acting which was very young but where, a lot of the people if you were to mimic anyone in the last 20 years they were just mimicking those people actually all the time so it's like true. it's, it's like, hard I, to I, argue. like my my newest one is what's her name? You know, uh, I, I, I love her. Oh my god! I just I say what's her name? You love She's her, so Elizabeth Holmes. No, I, um, uh, I, hold on. Uh, do you know these gays? I don't listen. to They're trying to kill me. Oh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> she's so brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, the, the just, Green Marjorie Taylor Green. No, my, the gays are trying to kill just me. One last night. Hold on. Uh, no, oh, oh, Jen Coolidge? Coolidge. Coolidge. Oh, she was in Two Bar Girls. So good. Love that she's killing it. Well, she's our Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, you know she gets no respect. I'm, oh, but now Rodney Dangerfield, he she he got it mm -hmm. at sixty, Ladybug. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Natural Born, uh, uh, Natural Born Killers. It just genius. You understand that I'm not I'm not criticizing young actors. Like there uh, there's great ones out They're there still making their bones. Shia right? LaBeouf and whatever, but you can only the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh. Let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Uh, deliver so many emotions if you've only experienced so many. And I think just, I just get so excited seeing someone like Jennifer Coolidge, who was, you know, just went from sitcom to sitcom making all this money, but no one got to see her like let loose and do drama. And I think, 
you know, and I, I, I sorry that's, to jump around. That's a fact. No, I mean, because sitcoms, I did a sitcom first Life and experience. it killed me. Okay. Oh, really? Killed me. Because people go, the hardest thing in the world is what? To do stand up, talk in front of people, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have you do a sitcom and they go, well, this sucks because I hear a laugh track. It is acting on a sitcom is so hard for a couple mm-hmm. reasons, but then everyone thinks you're not a good actor, right? Because it's theater. You're doing theater. Right. Right. It is. You're strapped. There's only so much behavior you can do, number one, because of like continuity and how many lines you have. So you can't be like cut it, eating an apple, doing what Brad Pitt is always eating in every movie. It's a very particular form. You can't be eating because like, because then live you have the props person running in another tea and you're live. So you can't really. Also, they don't, people don't realize, you know, you do a reading on Monday and go home. You do a, a reading and maybe put it on its feet on Tuesday and you go home. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, there's a ton of changes to the script. But I write the changes. Thursday, too, but I was ta- also running, writing the changes. Oh, that's right. You so were I also, writing, ran, I also well, wrote that's it. that's different. I mean, you're the 800-pound gorilla in that situation because let's face it, the showrunner's king or queen. And uh, uh, and I was, you know, 27. You know, it was my first show. So it amazing. doesn't matter. I'm not trying to get sympathy because to me, this feels so similar to your Belushi thing. And when I heard about your Belushi thing, I was like, oh my God, you and I both. And by the way, not complaining, because here we are, we're Carrie Strug. You remember Carrie Strug? In the Olympics, she had a broken ankle. And in, oh. order, in order to win, she had to do the back yeah, the backflip, land it on a broken ankle. And hopping. The yeah, smile on her right, face. Rebroke right. her ankle that was already broken. Heroic moment that's in what sport. We, that's what we do. We go, I don't need, I, I'm, uh, I'm behind. And you guys, like, I got, like, uh, we don't do, like, horse racing. It's abuse always, always. But let me just use this uh, metaphor, which is we're both racehorses that as soon as they shot the gun out, the door jammed. Oh, yeah. And then everyone, so the door jammed. Well, circumstances outside of my control, certainly. Completely. Like, co- but, you know, but, way outside but, my control. Comically, uh like you always have to laugh about it. I mean, it's like yeah. he was so you're so talented that you got the role to play Belushi, um, not John, right? Yeah, not John. John. No, I'm sorry, not Jim. Sorry, not I'm Jim. trying to make John. a joke of not Jim because <laughs> I would like to now make the Jim Belushi movie. That's kind of interesting to me, but because now he's grown weed. All I mean, We've all friendly those, after all these years, which I'm glad about. I'm really glad. I about was going to ask because the that's only a, people that I really, really cared that I wanted them to know that I I never meant any harm. In I don't think anyone film. thought that except it was just guilt by association, right? It was like when something's hurtful to you, anybody and any anyone involved in it is sort of, and I understand that mentality a bit, although a lot of the aggression was misplaced at the time. But I think it's important that people know that when actors go to play uh because actors just get so much shit because everyone thinks we have like so much money and we're like we like and, like you actually have choices in the matter like people like yeah man uh, uh you know get get the shield reboot going on i'm like it's not up I to lo- me i have literally like <laughs> i it's not up to me nine business affairs people <laughs> like would go to HR if I even asked them about getting the rights from Israel. Like, that's how complicated it. When you ask an actor, Mental. I'm making up a fake scenario. Sure, I it's understand. like, how yeah. come you haven't made the Shield movie? I've noticed you do that. Yes, you, I do. <laughs> you, But you're a writer. Your brain but goes into like, these creative places. I and you're try like, to, oh, here's a scenario. <laughs> it's my job to uh, subtitle the arcane way that we talk to people that uh, maybe don't understand the business yet or because we we I'm obsessed with uh, in show business. We have the same we have lingo. You know, when you get on a plane, they just have a whole different set of lingo that no one uses like you stow stow your luggage. You're like, right. no one says stow anywhere but on a plane. 
Just put it in, you mean? Put our luggage in the thing? There's a lot of things that, listen, I'm from New England. I'm a practical mind. I'm as practical and pragmatic a human in this industry as you'll ever meet. I mean, there's a lot of very ethereal people and, and you know, I'm, there's a reason I get cast as like the thing, a rock person, yeah. right? I get cast as grounded. You get cast as a literal. As a rock, you know, it's. <laughs> An actual. Yeah, I'm very earthen and grounded and practical minded in a lot of ways, but every bit an artist, but I can't help but sometimes look at stupid shit on a set and just go, oh. You know, uh, there's a lot of things, There's a, especially on big, huge behemoth movies, there's a lot of fat and unnecessary stuff. And and, and, and there's things that drive me mad about this business where it's it, it, it moves like the tectonic plates. It's so slow. And I'm, you know, I'm an East Coast guy. Like, yeah, yeah, it's why glacial. are we doing this already? Because can I, if I may, I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to say that like, I've spent so much time saying like rejection in this business isn't personal. It's never personal because I've been on the other side. I've created so many shows, it's a lot of which- selection. It's not rejection. Yeah. So I've had maybe five pilots made, HBO, Amazon, whatever, that didn't go for a litany of reasons. It doesn't matter. I'm glad they didn't. Mm -hmm. But I spent so much time as an actor too that auditioned so much and, and just, you know, it's not personal. And I would sit in the, after an actor would come in, I would be like, hey, that was the most beautiful. Like, I am in awe of you. I could never do what you just did. You're not getting this job for reasons completely out of your control. Like, it's an essence thing. The network wants this and this, but you deserve this job right. and you're not going to get it. And here's why. And we will work together again. And can I please get your, like, all your, I want to work with you again. But, and I'm also like, because what? that person also did spend a week on that audition. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest lessons I ever learned was when, when I became a director. Mm -hmm. When I, uh, one of the first sessions I, I did a casting session on The Shield was, uh, I think the second season of The Shield, I directed an episode and uh, there was this one role for a guest star, a really heavy role. And I think 20 women came in and read for this role. And it, it was extraordinary because every one of them came in and crushed it. Every single one of them. I could have hired any of them uh, and they would have killed it. And then it became about other things. It became about availability. Hi, like uh, How they match up with the people that are already cast. Yeah. All these other you know, sort of seemingly. By the way, cost. I, I don't mean to like money. That. Absolutely, it okay. it's practical so if we hire, aspect um, of it. Uh, you Show know. business, yeah. right? Yeah, so, Tia. And, and, but I wanted to. I literally wanted to call every one of them individually because I'm an empath and I'm an actor, and I and say to them, "You destroy. You crushed it. Don't feel. Don't take this as a rejection at all. You keep going. You're amazing. You killed it. But you know, you don't have the time but, to do that. But or, and it's also kind of like. Like uh, when I've had people do that to me, I'm like, can you not tell me how close I was? Because that makes it Understood. worse. Sure, as, sure. But you sure. knew on some way, like, uh, okay, don't now like make this. That's worse. why I didn't do it. I, I, you I know, know because I'm like, you I don't want to throw salt on it. I you would know? rather think I like fucked up and like then I'll get better. But I think that for the longest time I held that mentality. And after working with Howard Gordon, who uh, you know was uh, to circle back, I always do circle back. Believe it or not, to the tangents. Like I always get there, and I'm, I'm and I'm still gonna show how the. By sound the way, of your the your your work in Accused is really exceptional, and I I want to say that i saw a director's cut so it was uh, a rough cut and it, there was no it music was temp music it was temp music Nightmare. but it was temp 
but it, w it wasn't about that. It played and the work was really, really strong. And that's why I, I wrote to you. It was like, you know, this was very, very strong and you should know that. And I just wanted to let you know, like, wow, that's really strong. And I know that, you know, you're a person who's primarily done. Uh, I didn't even know about the show running stuff. Honestly, I'm such an ignorant. It's okay, well, Forgive my ignorance. Okay, it's just, we this? get caught up in our own worlds and everything. I know you as a stand-up. That's how I know that's you work. That's the best thing you can that's, say to me. That, that, you know, that's where I, I became a fan of yours and where you've made me laugh in your specials over the years. It's been a long time. I mean, you've been doing specials for many years. Yeah. Um, so that's how I know you. I didn't even know about Two Broke Girls. I, I did not know about that at Thank all. You. So uh, you're like an onion. You just did uh, so many layers. There's so I many make people cry. People... True. Um, <laughs> Boom. But if I see that, I tossed you a lob and you whacked it. I think we feel this. Um, I won't speak for you. I feel like compelled to like help people feel feelings that they wouldn't know about otherwise. You know what I mean? So, if, for example, like. Or show. I, I would put it differently, but I know please, what you mean. Please do. Uh, you know, for me, I, I, my sort of mission statement, and I've said it many times in the press and, and interviews and other places, but I'll, I'll say it again because it really is what I'm about. Um, a long time ago, it just, I, this is the way I put it. I, I don't want for people to watch anything that I do in a sort of removed way. Uh, it's important to me that. I entertain you first and yep, foremost. Yep, always. That's the contract we have with the audience. Uh, yeah, yeah. I need to entertain you, but then I need, I, I really want the trifecta, which is to make you think and feel. If it, you know how a lot of times we watch things and we're sort of almost removed from it, mm -hmm. and then you sort of go to the next thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. You I get want to, yeah, I want to make someone stir inside so you, know? you when you when someone sees a picture of you because i've done this is the kind of research i do is that i before uh someone comes on especially of your like ilk of a uh, legend status person i know you don't want it no like that's how real legends act you know i don't want that of course just, you shouldn't you know why it's the same thing it's like if someone wants to run for president they're automatically disqualified because that's, you know what I mean? If someone yeah. doesn't want it, I think it should be by appointment. Like, you know, my whole theory is we should just, for the president, we should just find the most well-run Costco in America. You know, it's so funny you say that because I I, I had a concept for a, a, a television show some years ago about a guy who- uh, is appointed president. Who no? What well, kind of? He he's he's a he's a guy. He's a farmer, and he, and right. he, and he's that's who we they, need. The, something happens in his hometown, and he and he they uh, a local reporter asks him something, and he says something so spot on and right on that people are like, "Who's this guy?" And they start genius, asking him and genius. asking him, and next thing you know, he's just being real and saying what he's supposed to say. Next thing you know, people start to go like, "This guy, this guy," and he's like, "Genius, no, genius." I don't want that, but but you should play that but, role. It is just a great idea of a of a of a an un, un, sort of an unwilling hero. He's so reasonable. Like he and just is just being real, and he and then they rises say to power. For the right reasons. For all the right reasons. Exactly. And then people say, well, you should run for office. And he goes, no, then I'm going to have no, to ask wanna... people for money. And yeah, then, no, and I'm then, not going to do that. And aren't they all weirdos in there that like <sighs> that like stock option trade? And then they're like, and... well, what do you think we should do about this? And he says it. He's like, well, I mean, I think that we should X. And that people are like, that's exactly reasonable and right. And next thing you know, the guy's the president of the United States. Let's say States. Um, 
I'm writing on this, which I very gladly would. He gets in and he's like, hold on. Wasn't this built by slaves, this this White House yeah, thing? Yeah, Maybe yeah. we turn this into a museum or something else. And I can just kind of live. I don't really want to live here because it's just like. I just think that over recent history, and, I, and I'm talking about 35 plus years now, we've watched this sort of steady rise of the fraudulent and the, and the craven. And I think that people are just were they always there, and we just didn't have proof. Or well, no, are they but here they now? weren't. I just don't know. They, uh, maybe they were always there, but I think that it was harder to rise to such prominence. Correct. Yes, agree. And, and such to power. get your message out. There were checks well, and balances. Yeah, of how people much- would identify you as being full of shit and out you, and then it would matter. You and know, by the way- now like. Well, you know, there would be consequences. To well, now it becomes about factionalism and what about isn't like it doesn't matter. Who, like I, for my money, I don't care if you're a, a Republican or a Democrat or whatever you are. If you're identified as a criminal, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yes, it. That's it. That's I, it. I, I, that, I, really, I think that I don't want a what about ism. Like, mm-hmm. if I find out that someone who I voted for mm-hmm. is is fucking up. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm the person. Call me. Oh. Call me disloyal, and 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 then we'll stop talking about voting. But I think that that this is such a uh, breath of fresh air for people to hear because I think so many people are afraid to say that, especially in Hollywood. Because you're like, if I don't identify with a certain party, they're not gonna hire me or if I say like I'm the person that when election rolls around I genuinely even though yes I voted a certain way in the past but I'm genuinely like well what is okay I'm still like the person who's listening to both sides trying to make sure that you know this person is still well you can't stop listening yeah I mean, that's the problem. We've stopped listening and we've stopped talking. I don't go I'm just gonna vote for this guy because he's wearing the color jersey of my team yeah that's what's happened you know? and, and people find all manner of reasons. Now, I happen to believe that the, there is an imbalance in terms of the egregiousness of uh, one side over the other. And I'm not even going to speak totally. to it, but I think it's totally fucking fine. obvious. Fine. Uh, yes. Um, uh, but, but it's not to say that there aren't plenty of people on both sides of the aisle that are fucking up. But I and, think what uh, I know, think what happens is when someone like, you know, I played um, sports, uh, you know, I'm sure you played I did. A lot I would, of sports. Yeah. What you do when you're, so to me, I think politics has kind of become sports in a way, a lot of ways. Right. Teams, teams, right. you know. You're a team no matter what, and that's it. And that that's very American, isn't it? And to be like, and then I'm know, loyal to my team. My team. And, 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 oh, that wasn't a foul when you can, the, the objectivity isn't there. It's like, dude. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The guy but here's past interference and you know it. But I here's mean, what happens. Like I, I when, when the other team <laughs> starts cheating, okay... And the ref doesn't call it because he's friends with the co- Who cares why? So it becomes about winning no matter what. But then the other team that's, quote, losing to the cheaters, they got to start just playing their game. If you want to win, 
historically. So for me, when we used to play basketball, if you're going to make me have a te technical foul on purpose, then then we got to start playing you're that way. You're talking about a return to honesty and integrity. And the problem with that is- To go, that I'm not going to play that everybody team Everybody points all. out yeah. the, the fallibility in the other person because no one's perfect and mm -hmm. people have fucked up in the past. Yeah. Right? So uh, when you point out that fallibility, yeah. no one can- stand up and say like, I'm, I'm completely unimpeachable and without uh fault mm -hmm. you, but, but that doesn't mean it's like saying, you know, I'm not going to brush my teeth because they're just going to get dirty anyway. Yeah. Can I, Do well, you, I make the bed, but may I ask right, you something? Exactly. But you I still have to try. The only reason, <laughs> the only, the only reason I'm bringing that, but can I tell you something? That's Fuck. my logic of why am I going to go stretch today? Cause if I don't stretch tomorrow, like it's not going to have done anything like that oh. same lot. We all do that on some level. We're like, there's a very big difference between someone who's who's made mistakes and learns from them and improves on upon themselves and moves forward than someone who just goes, ah, F it, I'm, I'm just going to keep and doing that. And by the way, this is easy. And it's all I'm, about me and I don't give a shit. And I'm comfortable. So like, why do I have to think about the kids in the cobalt mines? And yeah, the right. We're the ones that are okay. Wow, being we're on. getting heavy here, man. It's not heavy. I mean, look. It's, I'm just saying, this is, I see myself in a way, and I know this Well, that's, this is a perfect segue into accused. Sabrina's family hired a private security firm that traced it to Devon's IP address. This is, uh, this is a lot to take in. I, I, I'm not quite sure how to react to this. It would help our assessment if you can tell us about any disturbing behavior you assessment. may have- Assessment. I'm sorry, what, what kind of assessment? This isn't the first time Devon's behavior has raised a flag. So you're expelling him, right? I mean, that's that's where this is going, isn't it? Mrs. Harmon. We'll save you the trouble. No, we're going to pull Devon out of school. Lynn, maybe we should hear them out. Are you coming? And, I, and I'm sorry to tow the company line or whatever, I, but I'm I, I'm going to talk about this. The reason I was attracted to this, I had no intention of doing a, a one-off on an anthology series. It was because Howard Gordon, first of all, wrote it. You know, genius, super loser. He wrote, <laughs> you know, Howard Gordon, Homeland. You know, I say, okay, I'll read this. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I'm blown away and I'm like, yeah, this is something I want to do. Uh, I, I think this is really smart and poignant and powerful. And you know what, if I may, doesn't have an agenda except to be. Existential crises in, in law. So here we have someone who's accused of, of, a, of a crime in the first act. And then we go back and show the audience exactly what's happened. And then in the, in the last act, you see what the verdict is. Am I the only one who thinks we need to talk about what happened? What were you thinking when you threatened that girl? What was I thinking? Yes. I guess I was thinking she's a stuck-up bitch who deserves whatever happens to her. It's a great formula for a, a television series. I was on one of the episodes. I was watching uh, Michael's episode. I didn't know how it was going to end. I'm in this business. I was literally with someone. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. I know what it is. I know what it is. Like, I literally was guessing. I didn't either. I was guessing and I was like, no, it couldn't be this because, and then I was like, this is what a, a, a really smart showrunner would do. So it's got to be this. And then I was still stunned at the ending. Stunned. Yeah, yeah me too. Me stunned. Too. And yours, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, 
You know, I just, I don't know. It was numb at the end of it. And, but not numb. I, I don't it's a mean mind bending I mean, thrill ride for real. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that you want to be a part of stuff that actually has an impact on people. It felt to me a lot like, and I watched this during the pandemic, um, but your honor with, uh, um, of course, Oh my God, Brian, Brian Cranston, Cranston. Yeah, where you were like, the great Brian. I Cranston. don't know who to be mad at. Yeah. No one, like, no one's done anything wrong, but everyone's just in a. It's it being a real pickle. Well, I think that <laughs> that that's why, like, during the 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 time of the Shield and the and and the Sopranos, it sort of brought on this highly complex time, rise of of the antihero. And now we've gone through that period, but now we're really delving into human frailty. And the, and, and the fact of the matter is none of us, none of us is, uh, you know, immune. And, and this, these are things, issues that we deal with in our lives. And we feel, our, we see ourselves reflected on the Everyone screen. has a version of the problem in, right. in your episode, even if it's not, doesn't look like that, it still feels as It's not big. precisely that, but, but it's like what I say about actors. No two actors has the same trajectory. Right. We have crossover. Right, right. There's things that we have in common, different uh, life experiences uh, in auditioning or whatever it is in uh-huh. the process. But your, your path is completely unique to your life mm-hmm. and no one else has your path. And, that, and it's just absolutely informs who you are, why you interact with the world the way you do and the why you're such a talent and uh, it's it's your sort of dna on the business you know that's what i love about and, and i want to there's so many things i want to say so i'm going to really try to like um wrangle my ocd a little bit because i do what, me going into the show like the decision to do it i think is just interesting like actors work is like f- fascinating to watch and so i'm watching you do this and watching your work, and then I'm going, the only thing that could be as compelling as watching you do this is get your uh, line of thinking of why you decided to do it. That's just as interesting to me, why a great actor. As the thing itself, for sure. Because for me, it was so, I was very Well, scared. there's another part of it, too. I don't get to play this guy. I don't get to play a brain surgeon who's buttoned up emotionally. All my roles usually are very gregarious, over the top people, or or superheroes, or or really powerful men. This is much more of a of a of emotionally a beta fragile. Or, yeah, absolutely. High level of fragility and 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 fear. It, Someone fear. scared. Someone who's scared. Right. It threw my wife a lot. She when she watched it, she was like, "I I don't think I've ever seen you that." Afraid. Can I show you what it reminded me, tell you what it reminded <laughs> me of? I think that because right now, and I get it where, you know, I'm not going to even call it an overcorrection. I think because, you know, white men have been in power for so long. I'm just going to say in this country, how about that? I'm going to try to be specific. And right now, because there's so much pain and anger, it's very uh, to go like all white men are bad. Like, I understand why that might be an anesthesia to say. But I think that as soon as you know, people can move through the pain of needing that, you know, aphorism right. of all men are bad. Then we can go to the next level of, oh my God, um, all of the, let's just say for now, white men that we're so mad at, like, let's um, shine a lens on the ones that are actually trying to use their privilege or whatever it is, or not even trying to, they're just doing the least they can do because there's a lot of white men out there that in my opinion are heroes. One of them uh, I won't even, don't even know his name, but he was, uh, it's going to make me cry just thinking about it. Um, all of the, um, 
Larry Nasser, the guy that um, molested all the gymnasts. I think it was 50 Olympic female gymnasts, right? <sighs> don't worry, don't worry. They're fine. They're okay. Like, they'll be fine. But what they, what he did, the thing that makes me the maddest, um, because most women are, you know, at some point have something like that happen to them. And sometimes we don't even care. Sometimes we really care. Sometimes it's like, oh, this is nothing compared to that last one or whatever. And a lot of boys do too. I mean, we don't talk about boys being molested in the Catholic church. Like we like think it's funny and we like make jokes about it. Like it's yeah. wild to me. And then we're like, why do boys need to, you know, like harass, like do all these aggressive things later? Well, maybe they're in pain and embarrassed because of what, and they can never talk about it. Uh, and if they talk about it, people go, you pussy, who cares? But so he would um, basically molest them like in front of their parents. He'd say, okay, she has like a, like, like, if, like, that's how to say, like, okay, she's got, we have to fix her alignment Jesus. from her pelvic, like, it was like that crazy. Ugh. So the parents were sometimes in the room. So when he was uh, in the courtroom, convicted guilty, one of the dads was there and went for him. And the security guard, the man went. He just stepped out of the let way. Let him go. <laughs> Those two men are heroes to me. Yeah. I watch that video all the time. Yeah. And it's just like that, those, that to me, that moment that, you know, they won't make a TV show about that necessarily. That moment is like your character in this. Someone that is like, I'm not going to do the thing that benefits me. I'm not going to do the thing for my ego or my vanity or my, I'm going to do the right thing for like everyone in this moment. Yeah. Like I am a protector ultimately. You know what I mean? And like that, those yeah, well, those men are out there everywhere all the time, and we just don't talk about them enough because right now we're like we don't want to tell stories about white men. It's like, well, if we don't find a balance, then we're gonna erase or ignore the ones that are. Again, the pendulum swings. Swings because it it's does. like it's like because the people that do it, like you, you move through life. Hey, I got Ponzi'd uh, a decade ago. Oh God, a, did you invest with a comedian's business? I invested with a guy that was, uh, I watched for eight years in a row, continued to bring tremendous returns for a number of friends of mine. And I, mm. you know, at first I was like, no, no. And for eight years in a row, I said no to the overtures of uh, uh, investing money with him. And I ended up on the bottom of the pyramid after eight years of watching people become enriched. You, you find yourself going, well, hmm. maybe I'm a moron here. It has to be legit. It's yeah. been going for almost a decade. Someone would it have to be, yeah, stopped some, it Something would have happened by now. <laughs> this guy's got to be legit. And, you know, and very sophisticated re returns. And these, how about these this? Things. Because if you're a good person, you are like, well, and good people that I know that that were invested, they said this is because good people don't go. He's not stealing, right? Because uh, only bad people right. assume that. And I got sucked into it. And as soon as I put my toe in, in it, and I actually put several toes in it, they were lopped off. I, and it was the FBI. Uh, I think two or three months after I put my money into it, I received a horrific email from an, uh, an FBI agent saying you are the victim of a Ponzi scheme and the money has been stolen and we have arrested this person. And Josh. Yeah. 
<laughs> Every villain to me is Josh. Because you know what? Like, who's Josh? Because it's right. the most benign name. Yeah, just Josh. And you're right. like, Josh isn't going to steal from all of us. Josh, I trust that guy. Yeah, well, you know, I always kind of looked at him sideways, frankly, and I didn't mm. listen to my instincts. The gift of Fear, the book I just- I gets- didn't listen to my guts, and I did for eight years. It didn't pass the smell. T- <laughs> it didn't pass. That's too I was much like, money. Nah, it's, it's too good to be true. No, money doesn't and come that it's fast. it's too good to be true, it, it isn't. And I just kept on my guts. And and the thing is, you have to understand, after I realized that I I had been a victim in this, the shame <laughs> and the guilt that I felt. And, uh, embarrassment. And the embarrassment. It took me a long time to admit out loud that you know, a practical, grounded New England boy got taken. By the way, an actor way. who can smell like, when other people yeah, are acting. This guy, I was fooled. I, and if it can happen to me, man, I'm telling you. So, uh, you know, I, I learned a tremendous, I was humbled in a lot of ways. And I think that life is humbling. You know, we don't get out of here alive. You know, and it's just the truth of it. What breaks me out, breaks my heart about that is, the, the people that listen to their gut the most and that want to move through life with integrity then go, come on, why are you resisting? It's been eight years. This is obviously going to be a way to take care of your family, a way to not have to do bullshit 100%. shows. Why wouldn't I just, why, you know what, Mike? Why are you why being are you such doing? a stubborn? Yeah. What, what why, is wrong you know, with you? You're just afraid. Why and... do you have to take the hard way all the time? Exactly. You, you know what? You've earned the easy way. All of those things. And then you, you do it said. and you go, God damn it. And then, by the way, the, also the rage, like finding out that this guy, and, th- and this was a relatively small Ponzi. Because this person, here's This the guy took thing. $65 million from a bunch of people, right? But they, also the gall that you think you're going to get away with this, you have to be killed because what else do you think you could get away with? If you think you get away with that? People, people's money, like very vulnerable people, little old ladies, all their money, you know? But don't you think those people- It makes you go- let me ask you a question. Makes you go to places that you didn't even know you were capable of Do you going. think if he was bullied more <laughs> in school or like punched in the face a couple times at bars or something, like I just worry that there's some people out there, and this is just, tell me I'm wrong, that we might need to bring back a punch in the face for certain people every now and then. <laughs> Some violence. Oh my God. A little bit of violence. You know something? I know. Uh, here's what I'll say about that. Okay. Like, I grew up in Boston, in the Boston area, not in Boston proper. For all the Boston Was the Ponzi guys. guy from Boston? No. Because he, he was from New York. No one from Boston, because they've all been punched in the face, would dare well, cross you. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, there is, I can only speak for myself. And I know that I, you can't completely get ahead of yourself too much if you've gotten a couple of real good beatings in your life. <laughs> By the way, the kind <laughs> to go of, back to Boston. The punk that thinks he can swindle you hasn't been punched in the face enough. Well, I think anybody who refers to themselves in the third person, you never, you definitely didn't grow up, you know, streety in the in the Boston area for sure. Because like, if you ever like in earnest, if I think to myself, if I ever. <laughs> said I, I i'm i'm playing at this now this is not me saying this this is me pretending because like if i ever looked <laughs> wait, at wait, my we, friends wait, in we boston can't afford your acting quote please don't I, act in here dude if i ever looked at my friends in earnest as a kid and went hey listen if michael chickless said <laughs> the 
the shit, the eggs that would fly at me, the the shit that I would go <laughs> through. Michael Chiklis is here, guys. Exactly, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You wouldn't even. You couldn't even think. It wouldn't even occur to me. By the way, this is why I don't hang out with guys that don't have guy friends because guy friends humble you. Cool, good ones. Yeah, yeah. They play pool with you in basketball. You break each other's chops. This is how stand-up comics start sucking. They stop being friends with comics. Because comics go, yeah, we know you did the Tonight Show. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, what the fuck's they on your go, shirt? Yeah, good one. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> you know, oh yeah, like, we didn't watch it. Where do you like? They yeah, keep you. They keep you humble and hungry and and grounded mm-hmm. and real. And I and you don't want to lose because your ego with is that. dangerous. Ego hurts other people it really and it is. hurts you. It's dangerous. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I believe that. That's a great quote. I forgot who said it, but. Genius. I mean, Oscar Wilde takes credit for anything anyone says, so probably him. I don't think it was Wilde, but... Uh, you know how, like, every quote's Oscar Wilde? You're like, I feel like half of <laughs> your girlfriends maybe shit. said this after sex, and you're like, that's mine. One of my favorites, His though. boyfriends. One about... Oh, you think? Oscar, oh, I know. Oscar W-I-L-D-E. Yeah. Right there. Yes. Okay, and then and then I love the idea that Hollywood was like, let's call it the Oscars after Oscar. I mean, it's like it's all so connected in the funniest way if you kind of like study it. Um, but I do like, and this is appropriate because we are talking about a show called Accused that comes out January twenty second on Fox. Nailed it. Um, Very good. One of my favorite quotes that Oscar Wilde might have said: um, "Critics, I'm going to look right. This is what I'm like. Critics are people that go to the battlefield where the war has been won." And they shoot the survivors. Wow. Okay, New York Magazine. Wow, you're calling out critics by name. Holy shit. I know which <laughs> ones are going to come for me because of my episode. Wow. So here's the because you don't come for Howard. You can come for me, but you do not come for Howard Gordon or we're going to have a problem. Well, <laughs> You know? And so Sonny Hoffman, shit. the writer of my episode, if you come for this episode, you come for her and then you have a problem with me. So let's just, you, you know, the critics, I know it's hard for you guys to make money right now. I know you're in a in a difficult situation, okay? But let's just, we can work to because we're on the same team. You know what I mean? Critics right now are in a tough spot. Okay. This is where I saw. Now you're I panicking. Could, I could say so many. But don't, don't. Because you guys, you guys, I know you need to be um, uh, incendiary, you need to be flammable in order to get the clicks you need. But there is a way to do this where uh, you're not um, uh, 200 people worked on this show. It wasn't just us. We will be fine. Critics, I wasn't always fine. But when you uh, come for a show uh, and go out of your way to um, go like, Meh, but they there's a blind spot here and they hired a white guy or whatever thing you whatever like hot take you think you're making, okay? The other 200 people on this show, they're gonna read it. And the only real their names, no one, their names, their pictures, they are you're taking away their pride. And if you take away the pride of a wolf pack that I'm in, we have a problem. And it, you decided to go to war with with artists that now do I have a platform. Cri- I think honestly, the critics will will light up to this. I, I think that they'll oh, find this. I, oh, they for will. sure. But there might be one or two out there that are like trying to get clicks. There's no doubt, but that listen. I, I know episode. this for a fact. It'll it's be been my told episode. to me. It'll be my. But I, um, without naming names or, or, or telling the story specifically. 
I w- I know in no uncertain terms mm-hmm. that, like you say, that we've watched the 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 fall of print and print news, and and the and the move, the shift to uh, to online, yeah. right? And you know, in trying to sell copy, mm-hmm. they've uh, they've engaged in. And hyperbole. most people don't. I mean, when's the last time you watch something because a critic made it? They you watch it because right, your friend become more and more irrelevant. And and not to not to that's pile not your fault. On, not to I pile try to on hire critics. I try to hire critics for TV shows because I'm like, you're a critic. Like you've watched every show. Come work for this show with me in my writers room because then you can tell me if this idea has been done. Well, well, well. Critiquing used to actually be an art form in mm-hmm. itself. Must. They they used to go to school to learn how and they knew how to they're... critique something uh, from a from a a dramaturgy standpoint, you know, where you look at something in terms of the way it's structured, the way that the storytelling techniques, the, you know, when you read something in there and they're fucking with you about whether you're bald or not, and how could this woman be attracted to you, which mm-hmm. I've had that happen to me in, in, in cri- critics. Oh, you, when they do. Oh yeah. When they, they go, go like, how was well, she, how, why would like, I believe she would be. Can I really him. quick, but just, may, like, may I, dude, can I time out? Can I time out? <laughs> it's also, a, a movie about someone flying through the air, you moron. None of it's real. None of it. None of it. Jordan Rubin has the best show, stand-up comedy. Right. He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, he was in uh watching Superman returns or goes or fly or super, HBO Go, Superman Go. I don't know. But in the guy in front of him in the screening, it was the scene where Superman was flying through the air and a bullet hit him in the eye, and the eye like stopped it. And then the Kid just went, no way. <laughs> like kid. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, like Superman, Whitney would, you, this guy, Chris Hemsworth uh, would never uh, date Whitney Cummings in a movie. How could I believe this? Yeah, he's also holding a hammer that magically, like, what the, f- it's all yeah, fake. Yeah, really? It's I all, mean, it's, if it's a documentary, disbelief. if it's, a, you paid $8 to see something that was fake, and then you saw something that was fake. So critics don't, uh. they're not there to be entertained. They're there to pull apart and, and uh, find, um, what's it called? Uh, well, also, like, I mean, if you want to talk about superhero stuff and the, how the critics got it wrong, I mm-hmm. mean, I listen, I'm sorry. The Fantastic Four, you got it wrong. It Agreed. was a bunch of people in their 30s who uh, wanted us to have made um, The Dark Knight. And that if you were really an OG Fantastic Four fan like I was, you'd know that this was a very cheeky, the f- light, hey, fun-loving. It wasn't made for it, you, it, you dork. You want to be a filmmaker. Exactly, and you wanna it wasn't do, made you for wanna you. You want to do what we do, and that's okay. <laughs> Everybody does, and we're having the most fun, and you're fucking jealous. We're getting, we're going you know off at the Listen critics right now. Listen to you me. You motherfuckers. I just, <laughs> you guys, just come hang out with us, and we will help you do we'll your be dream. All right. You want to write the Fantastic Four that's the Dark Knight, and you should, and write that, instead of writing a fucking uh, critic piece, whatever, a criticism piece that's going to make all of us not want to hang out with you. Just write the script you want and slip it to us at Coffee Bean and we will help you. Get out of there. She said. You're in, you're in enemy territory and you're, you want to hang out with us. You want to be at the cool table with us. God damn it. You want to be with the cool kids and you can. Also, <laughs> do you understand the only reason movies are profitable is because boys want to go see men be with women out of their league because they want to pretend they can that's do right. it. Right. The move that those two movies made a half a billion dollars. The guy in my house right now who's 29, who I'm dating for some reason, it's his favorite movie ever made. 
He's seen it 14 times and it's a red flag. Aww. And I think we have to break up over it. <laughs> it's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so critics don't matter. The critic is the money, the box office. But us. Oh my God, you brought me out. I went after the, cri cri the critics. But Michael, can oh, I tell you something? Oh, oh. Can I say something to yeah. critics? It's all you okay. guys. It's all okay. You're hurting our feelings. Yeah. And you know it. Because this movie is going to do well with or without you. Actually, you know what's crazy? You're just hurting Can I our say feeling. something about the Fantastic Four? Yes. You know, I threw myself at that shit. And I, I, I consider some of the those work on those sh uh, shows to be some of the triumphs of my life. As they should be. Because they people do not know what I was going through when that I was making that. So the uses of enchantment, how we use stories to inspire people, to heal people, to raise people. So when you are playing a superhero in a movie, which I'm going to get this out with, this is the greatest Go. privilege of my life doing this podcast is meeting someone that played superheroes in movies that are also, that are superheroes in real life also. Uh, because I know, I won't stop. Okay, this is not a consensual situation. Right. No means yes when it comes. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's I'm okay. just saying, it's the greatest privilege because millions and millions, hundreds of millions of young boys, girls, whatever, saw that movie and went, oh my God, I'm going to be that. I want to be that guy. And then they're not going to grow up and at 20 find out that you like are a bad father or a hypocrite. Uh. So they're not going to get their heart broken and they're not going to get their hope slashed. So people hear you talk and they go, oh my God, like, that wasn't fake, even though it was the fakest thing ever, right? Because it was a simulated movie. Well, it's a movie. Yeah, right. It's a movie, but you're looking for the truth in, there, in anything. But at least were, I'm looking for the everything truth you in were anything do, You I are, you know what I mean? They are, uh, there's role models out there and I have someone to look uh, up to and I'm going to do what he says. And I have a father figure. Uh, I've never claimed to be a perfect person. You know, I, I, I'm, I, although I do learn and I move forward and I, like to think that I don't repeat my mistakes and I keep going. That's what a mistake life. is. You're supposed to, the, you a know? mistake is only a mistake when it becomes a pattern. Yeah. The idea is you do it once and you yeah. go, oh, not doing that again. Yeah, that's that's a hero. Shit. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, that's a human and that's a human who gives a shit. And that gives a shit. A lot of know, humans. I, I do really care. And a lot I, of humans have a lot of excuses right now to go, I made the mistake and then I did it again and again because I had a bad childhood. And they, you know what? They actually can use that excuse. It goes a long way. And I'm not saying it's an excuse for everyone, but I think right now the new sort of um, drug of choice for people that don't want to change or grow or show up or deal with discomfort is to say, yeah, well, I had alcoholic parents and like, yeah, I grew up poor. It's like, and all that's true. But I would like to just remind people that the worse your, your childhood was or whatever it was, the thing that's easy to blame on Look at it as your superhero origin story instead of as your the j the prison that's going to keep you from right, thriving. Right. The, you know, you, you, you can eclipse these things. You can overcome them. It actually them. makes you stronger than everyone else. So I call it trauma privilege. So when people are like, huh. how do you do all this? And you ran three shows. I'm like, I grew up in alcoholic home and was like, parents weren't around because they were working like the I just things that drive you the things that seem really hard to a lot of people is really easy for me things easy for other people are hard like I can't make um small talk at a dinner party I'm a disaster at it you know but like I can do things that a lot of people so I think that mm. that looking at your the things that people pathologize as limitations you know save for like being a sociopath and like 
killing dogs or throwing cats in fires as a kid. That's not a superhero origin story. That's a like different thing, but adversity. Well, that's sickness, right? That's, that's a, a sick person, right? And I mean, for all the people, like that's a um, that's a different thing, yes. But all these other labels and all these other like, you know, you know, I just. I'm going to bite my tongue about about that a little bit, well, but I just think that- Well, since we're on, you know, these kind of behaviors and sickness and everything, uh, I think something that's very tragic in the country that's happened over the, you know, the last 35 years is we've closed a lot of mental health facilities uh, across the country. And, you know, I know that some of the reasons for that is because some of those places were nightmarish in, in themselves, mm -hmm. that there were all these different nightmarish uh, um, stories coming out of those places of abuse and everything. But we're in a different place now, and there's such oversight, and there's the possibility to really affect great change with people who are ill mentally. And, and, and we have so much rampant homelessness right now. I think a lot of people can be you know, reintroduced to society if they're, if they're helped. And by the way, you know? and the homeless thing, and I know a lot of people, uh, and I'm not, this isn't identifying with a party, but to, you know, one of the sort of popular things to do right now is like, oh, the homeless problem. A lot of these people served our country. Yeah, a lot of these people, of people served our country. And like, how dare, like, actually, like, kind of how dare you. But a lot of them are also wielding machetes and going into peace. Well, but I, I think just think we're, 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 we're capable of so much more. You know, we need to think big. We, we can't just go, it's either or, you know. Well, it's like the gun issue. People say, oh, we have a gun problem. And other people say we have a mental health uh, problem. We have both. Right. That's right. We, we, we can think on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Hollywood. And, we have and to think. But we also, that's hard. To, people, I think, that are have scarcity complex, which is most people that are busy and in fear, like gray is like, they're just black and white. It's like guns or no guns. And I think reasonable people go like, I think we can all agree we don't need like ma the machine guns right now. Like, I talked to Larry King about that years ago, about uh -huh. it's an either or world right now. Uh, well, I'm, I'm for this and I'm against that. And mm -hmm. it's much more complicated than that. What nuance has been lost in, in, in all of our discourse. And Larry's like, look, I are you married or you're not? I had eight wives. I'm not going to choose. You know, I didn't, that's, mean, to, I didn't that's, mean to name drop that's Larry gray King. area thinking. No, but I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. He's not going marriage or no marriage. Keep doing it till it works. If no one's getting hurt <laughs> and then, you know, but that's, that's it. This, we want to go like, we want our There's brain, nuance. Our brains though, that's a lot of bandwidth for our brains and most people weren't raised to think like we that. We have to force people to to think in those terms. But I You know what? I, I know listen, I have this argument with people about uh what the programming on television years ago that you know was moving towards pablum and it was and I would say, "Hey, do you feed your kids nothing but uh fruit loops?" They you know, but they love fruit loops. Yeah, but you can't just feed your kids fruit loops. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, people now want to be. You, you, how about this? People now want to be friends with their kids. Yeah, your kid's not your friend for if if she, it can be. But Listen, I love that I'm close and friendly with my, but with my kids. But my kids also know I'm their parent, right? Yeah, they they know that, right? Uh, you might not agree with this. I had one rule in my house: don't lie to me, and you'll never get in trouble. By the way, that was my dad's lie. He said to me, "There were two things." He said, never lie to me. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you did. Exactly. I, I will always forgive you. I will never hurt you. But if you tell me the truth, if you don't tell me, I can't protect I you. I can't help you. Right, exactly. So I would say, I never want you to and think I'll the thought, dad's going to kill me. 
No, I'm not. Because that's what's going to make you drive no, drunk instead of say, Dad, can you come get me? I'm drunk. Yeah. So he would say, call me drunk. I'll come and get you. Call me in a jam. Exactly. I'll come get you. And you actually won't get in trouble if you tell me the truth. Right. No and grounded, that, and, nothing. And why, what, what is the result of that? I have two incredible, substantive, amazing daughters who come to me and talk to me, who live down the street from me, 29 and 23. We... We're together most days of the week, you know, and we're close and we love each other. And it's a, we have an incredible bond with each other. I also think most, you know, if you don't it's come trusting, from sports and loving. stuff, but it's also, they're so, I'm not saying they're lucky. You're both lucky. Everyone's lucky. Like that being an actor, you have this and being the actor you are, this incredible ability to like actually listen. I think a lot of people hear, but don't always listen. And like, for me, I think that disciplining anyone uh, that shouldn't even be the word, providing a structure in which someone can thrive who doesn't have all the information yet, right? Who's trying to figure it out. The ability to really, because I think we do, we're very ageist in many ways. We talk about racism and sexism. We don't talk about ageism enough. Like a 75-year-old. Right, I'm writing a movie about it right now. Love it because a 75-year-old who still says transvestite, like they might just not know the new term. If you tell them right. that, if you say, hey, now it's whatever it is. Well, please, can I say this out loud? Please. We don't know what we don't know. That's right. And there's a lot that we don't know. I mean, it, with all the places I've been and all the things that I've learned in my life, this, my quote on Twitter is a, a Socrates quote. Uh, look it up. Um, and it's just about, you know, the, uh, w the true wisdom is in knowing we know nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, because the fact of the matter is, we are microorganisms on a larger organism plummeting through the universe. Uh, if you look at the most brilliant sure. of any subject, the yes. most brilliant physicist, yes. the most brilliant biologist and down the line, they will tell you there's so much that they don't know and there's yet to be discovered. Medicine is called a practice. It's, and the, we all have to have this collective humility to say, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm learning. I'm a work in progress. I'm trying. This is my life's endeavor. I'm going to die trying. That's the way it's going to go. But I can promise you that I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep trying to improve. And anyone who's not on board with that, those are the people I have an issue with. Agree. If you know, if you think you know it all and you have it wired, that's when people's work start to go downhill. You said earlier, if you stop being uh, friends with your, your, fellow co comedians because you've made it big and you've got the big compound and you think you're hot shit. That's when that comedian's shit starts to, to you know, to when go people downhill. go, I loved that actor so much. And then they got famous and like they they became a bad actor. Like they weren't as good at acting. And you're like, no, how's what's, that possible? That's not that. They just didn't have people around them going, dude, that's they bullshit. Surrounded by sycophants. Hey, you're being yes, fake. People. I didn't believe that read. I'm not you, laughing. You're not as funny as you think shit. you are you right still now. still have to, Keep trying and try looking to improve. And it's like going to the gym. To if you don't get to stay, you don't get to keep the muscles no. if you stop going to the gym. It's everything. We can't stay clean on the shower we took yesterday always. But Correct. what you're but what you're saying, I think it's 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 you know. And I'm in you know comics. Look, we always are going to in my what I'd like to do is voice the person that is hearing this and being defensive, right? And going like, well, how am I supposed? Like, of course I know things. I'm I'm a t I am a history teacher, and you're like, that's a hard thing to be right now. 
because yeah. most of the shit in the books is is very biased. What Socrates meant by what he said was not that people know nothing, right? Uh, literally nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just comparatively speaking to what there is to be known. But what we do know <laughs> is what we've been connected from, which is you did know that that guy was a thief. But we went, well, let me look at the history. He's done this. So he might. We, so I think that what we do know, the only thing we do know, and not to add to Socrates, of like, does this feel true? Like, does does it feel like the English came over and were, had a nice, fun dinner with the Native Americans? Like, that always felt weird to me. And I didn't know, like, I'm just a kid and I'm studying history because I this is what's true and I have to ace the test. But then you're kind of like comics. We go... This is all just weird because the photos, like, because comics ultimately were like, we just want to be spies and we just want to be like investigative reporters and we're like professional snitches. We're like, we're the ones that um, don't let shit slide, right? Like, so I was always the you one. You observe and speak to it. Well, because then I go, hold on, here's the, the picture. nature of being a comedian. So here's the picture. You pic- find the funny in it. Well, I think you just get so committed to it. I, I never tried to be funny. Just my observation. People would laugh when I would try to be serious. And I was like, well, you know, I'm being serious because look, the pilgrims, they're in hats and jackets and loafers. And the Native Americans don't have any shirts on at all. So is it's and it's November. So wouldn't they be cold? Like this doesn't feel like this adds up, this dinner of Thanksgiving. So like what you know, if it was in November, why aren't they wearing why are they shirtless? Well, so that, who drew this picture? That picture is an odd depiction, isn't it? But this is what I'm paying. My, my parents are paying money and I'm learning this. You know, so then that's yeah. when your brain starts going, wait a minute. You know, what what this feels real? Why what, you guys decided what this. rings true? It just feels odd right. because I because we I identify with downstairs Downton Abbey because I'm like someone made this, wrote this book. They needed to make money, right? right. Someone painted this picture and they needed the picture. I don't know who made, who made this picture. Who wrote this book? Like, I just am like, we're the one. Because my questioner, you are always looking at things and, and questioning. Why, my, what's my, the truth of this, really? But like, I the answer is, I don't know. And maybe none of us know. And that's okay. I'm okay with the I know nothing. Yeah, but well, you know what I have a problem with, though, is people who, who have found themselves in becoming trolls. Uh, uh, and I'm not saying that that's what you're doing by doing that. I'm just saying that that there are people out there now that find fault in everything. And I did this as a sort of an experiment for, for my children who have been pummeled in social media in the past, particularly my oldest, because they grew up when at the advent. Of I'm it, universally beloved on social media. So I don't, <laughs> I can't right. relate. No, well, I, I put out the tweet. Um, I love puppies purposefully. This is some time ago. Puppy mill, uh, puppy mill. And someone within minutes Got went, you. Uh, said, uh, uh, is are they purebreds or or did you get did you get them from a puppy mill? And I was like, Jesus Christ! But can I? But but and I'm not saying you can't you can't say something as benign or seemingly benign mm-hmm. as I love puppies without someone finding fault with it. I think that there are people who have found sort of what they believe is their voice mm-hmm. by just trolling the internet but I think- and finding fault. And that's a that's a sad way to live your life. To, this is to what my therapist said to me function about that in your existence. Ages ago, I would go like this person. You know, I had a TV show come out. I was a star of a sitcom, and the posters were everywhere. And I was just getting, I mean, like killed online. Thank God, my mom had just had a stroke. Thank God, crazy thing to say, but I didn't because you wasn't seeing it. I didn't see any of it, you right. know. But 
to me, I've, I have a couple takes on that because we're about to enter into our TV show coming out and people are going to have a lot of feelings about this. Yeah, they are. And feelings aren't facts. I'm not telling you, you like this is going to- Oh, I, I say that to my youngest because she's she's filled with feelings. Go on. Which huh? is, by the way, a good thing, but That's we just- a wonderful thing, but it's We not, just have to say, have to okay, this is my feeling right now. I feel uncomfortable around this coworker. Uh, are they actually, okay, let me go for a walk and the trauma brain. Cause this is the one thing I think that we, um, don't spend enough time on is the, is a, is the trauma brain and what the trauma brain does. So the trauma brain, it feels true to them when you say the puppy thing. And then I understand what that is. I work again, very deep in animal rescue and most, most people that work in animal rescue were sexually abused or abused in some way. And they project Mm. rightly like this is a voiceless thing that is against its will being abused, right? So they right. then they go puppies in puppy mills. That's but like they're projecting that that on someone who's not coming from that place at all. But then they go, right. this person has a voice and I don't. And you know what I'm saying? So obligated to. So to when do I it. and and I always make a I I get very so if someone tweets or uh, someone that's very famous says like oh all pit bulls are dangerous, I go. Like I, I get, I have to like go cry. I have to go like work through the feelings that come up because so many um, children are injured because people think this way, you know. And then they'll like hit a pit bull around a kid, and then the kid, the pit bull gets scared. Like pit bulls are bred; they're nanny dogs, and they're not even called pit bulls. That's not a real breed. Who cares? I'm just telling you, this is the logic of someone, right? That is scared here because they're going. Because I've done it when I go. Oh my god one of the most famous people in the world just like said something that my inner child thinks is going to hurt other people. You know what I mean? So it's coming from a wound. And as my therapist said, when I said all these, you know, when my sitcom came out, you're a whore, you're a cunt, you're not funny. And then I was like so upset by it. And she just went, sounds like they're in a lot of pain. Right. And I was like, you got, you know, but that's what I've, I've said for years that, you know, a lot of people, just because they have thumbs now, are drug. able to go, ah, right? But if you ever turn that Klieg light back at them. You just blew my mind. You know why? What made humans the dominant species? Our ascendancy, opposable thumbs. And now it's the very thing that's killing us, which is kind of fascinating. Isn't that interesting? You yeah. know? Same thing, by the way, with being punched in the face. Like, as as I was, I'm trying so hard to not interrupt you because I have so much no, respect no. for you. It's no, my no. nightmare to interrupt you. But also, um, I just said, like, I think more people need to get punched in the face. So you can look at someone's face, right? And how deep set their eye. So I already know that your ancestors weren't fucking assholes. Uh. The deeper set your eyes are, the more your ancestors were punched in the face. Oh, you would have loved my dad. I bet. He was the fucking earth. He I was bet. So the, the, I believe I'm it. a real Greek philosopher. If he raised and you. He had, he had great catchphrase. I call it catchphrase philosophy. He would say things to me when I was in despair that would just, uh, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm writing this movie that has to do with the tremendous generation gap right now and ageism and everything. It's now a a year apart and you can't communicate. Well, because of, and I think it, it, it's been exacerbated by the internet and by, you know, because there was clear, uh, derivation between those who weren't from that era and but the irony is that that machine is the only thing right now that can that can connect us the most we're just not using it for that so, There's I, so much irony in it i can go online and Listen, watch 
when 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 the internet happened, I remember being elated and going, "It's the the communication age. We're gonna oh my the world's God. gonna get smaller. I don't have to leave We're voice not messages fear each anymore. Other. It's gonna be so much better." I didn't, in my naivete, did for a moment think of the misinformation age. I did not think of all the who. But can I, I just you a didn't question? envision I trolls. I didn't. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot Go. take. Hot take. So this is what comics do with stuff like, that, and this is why podcasts are good. Number one, I, I was gonna say the amount of wisdom out there. My mom has been in nursing homes and my dad's been in hospitals uh, for the past 12 years. It's fine. But I want to start. I went no, no, through no. it. I know. I want to start a podcast that's just interviewing people in nursing homes. Like that's where the fucking wisdom is. I want a podcast that's your dad. You know what I mean? We only have podcasts for famous people, but the real wisdom are the people that don't sign up to do this, you know? So I went into nursing homes. My, to be clear, my dad never lived in a, a nursing home. My mother did because mm. she suffered from Alzheimer's for 13 years. So I watched her completely lose her faculties and it was the worst thing I've ever witnessed in my life. 13 years. She had early onset Alzheimer's and it took her from 67 to 80 to pass away. And no one deserves that. I wouldn't mm -mm. wish that on my worst enemy. It was and the I worst almost, thing I've ever seen. I'm going to say it's, it's, it's almost for something like that. It's almost like harder on the, 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 on you because she might not remember what happened. So in some, I was pleading with my mother to let go. The last three years, and you know, it sounds. And my awful mom was pleading. To, my mom was pleading with me to like help her go. My, and I was like, my I, grandfather did the same thing. We told, asked my brother and I to shoot him. And can I say? I was like, uh, can I say something I about that's fascinating? Do that, Papuli, we can't do it. You know, and but the only gun I can get is a machine gun. Yeah, <laughs> from Walmart. Nice. We went to Walmart. And we're looking. It's easy to get. He's like, he's like, you idiots. This is America. You can't get a fucking shotgun. It's, e you, it's easier we to get. Just, By the way, it's easier. I feel like I'm downhill. It's easier to get than the, the medical care I need. Just go get the gun down the street. Talking to you is almost like downhilling. And what I mean by that is, I don't mean it's a downer. I mean, you know, when you're when you're a downhill racer, you're going 90 and things are going past you and you're just trying to fucking hold on. All and I, make it to the bottom I'll without I, dying. Stay tuned for part two. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.